Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour, our first show of 2021. This is your host, Paul Metz. I couldn't be more honored and happy to have one of our favorite guests, Mr. Charlie Pearson, tonight in our continuing series that we started a couple years back called Checkpoint Charlie. Uh, Charles is one of the most uh, literate liberal bloggers uh, in in uh, in our country today. He writes for Esquire.com. He's a Twitter madman, and uh, he is also my psychological morphine drip to all things political. Happy New Year, Mr. Pierce. Happy New Year, Paul, and Happy New Year to everybody in the Twin Cities. Yes, thank you. We've been actually having a pretty mild winter, and... Uh, well, that'll change. Yeah, well... We've got what is it about two months to the boys' hockey tournament? That's when I that's spring for me in Minnesota because we get one more, <laughs> we get dumped on once and it melts and then uh, it's on the fishing season and mothers. So we've had a really slow news week, Charlie. So I'm not sure if we're going to. Yeah, there's really nothing to talk about. I, you know, I I I'll be hanging up in about two minutes. That's the one I was about to say. Charlie, uh, yeah, wow, uh, <laughs> just mind blowing. I was talking, was texting back and forth with somebody yesterday, or I, I shouldn't say that because we're, we're on on Saturday. Hang on. Uh, uh, I was texting with somebody on Wednesday while all hell was breaking loose in Washington, and I was saying, boy, you know, one of my earliest memories of, of like, shocking TV is watching Lee Harvey Oswald get shot on live TV. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing I can compare Wednesday to. Well, you know, it's funny you should say that, Charlie. I, I thought the same thing. The difference was when uh, uh, when Ruby shot Oswald, that was only about five to ten seconds of live footage. You had the this was going on the airwaves all day on Wednesday. I went to bed Tuesday night thinking, geez, uh, looks like we're going to have a really good Senate results in Georgia. I woke up the yep. next morning and I turned on and listened. I don't have a television, although I do have a TV show. And I was listening M- to MSNBC on my phone and uh, seeing some images on Twitter. And the uh, it looked like the cast of Duck Dynasty. A dynasty had taken over the capital. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" One one hesitates even to say semi, but semi-fascist underground right now. Yeah, and it's armed and it's active and it communicates, and I think it, it reaches into a number of distant of different institutions, including alas, law enforcement. Yes. Well, that could not have been more obvious with the just total lack of preparedness by the Capitol Police and others uh, on Wednesday. Well, not just that, but we're getting, you know, we're getting word now that, you know, that they, the National Guard was told to stand down. And it just, you know, it's, 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 it's going to take a commission or something to look into it because that that kind of thing can't happen. I heard and, they were, and I'll tell you what, I think they were getting help from the inside, too, hmm. from members of Congress. I mean, they trashed the parliamentarian's office. And I know members of Congress who've been there for 20 years who don't know how to get to the parliamentarian's office. Right. Somebody had to direct them there. Hmm. Well, I listened to a great interview last night with that guy, uh, the New Orleans general. He was... 
on the Russell uh, Honor. Yeah, Jesus, he's so good, and he just said complicit, complicit, complicit. Yeah, I, I, I like the moment where he said he was. Uh, I can't say this because I'm still under the code of uniform code of military judge. Out of hell with it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he wasn't anyway. Yeah, I could listen to that guy all day long, and that uh, you know that New Orleans accent is just. Uh, uh, it's like mind control for me, you know. I just, uh, but he's yeah, you, start hearing, you start hearing what he's saying in second line, you know. Yeah, you exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's just so rhythmic. Uh, what do you think? So where do what? I was doing a bunch of other things that had nothing to do with uh, uh, reading the reading the news sources or listening to the news today. So what's going on today, Charlie? Give me. You're what? an hour ahead well, of us. You, well, on Friday there was just yeah. What happened on of, Friday? This kind of strange, you know, stasis. Uh, president's going to go to Camp David for the weekend. He announced he wasn't going to the inauguration, which I don't think is breaking anyone's heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vice president doesn't seem to be inclined to organize the cabinet to get him out. Uh, the Democrats are talking about an accelerated impeachment maybe next week. But basically, I think a lot of people are running around, you know, like chickens with their heads cut off. Right. Uh, nobody's nobody wants this guy there for two more weeks. Right. Nobody has any idea the kind of damage he can do, you know, in in, in two weeks, and yet nobody seems inclined to take him out. So, yeah, you know, you're sort of stuck in the middle. Which which begs the question: Who the hell is in charge? Then? <laughs> well, yeah. that's the thing. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, it looked like during the middle of the of the the insurrection on Wednesday that Pence was given some command orders, which he can't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently he was doing it. Uh, we don't, we don't know that, you know, we don't know the circumstances under which, uh, that occurred. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I don't understand. I mean, I, I understand, uh, you know, why the, the, the cabinet won't get together and get him out, but I, I don't understand it. I mean, there's nobody in that cabinet that benefits from having this guy you right. know, in place for another two weeks after this. Oh, my God. Now, has uh, uh, I signed? I tell you, though, during the, when they finally got the count going again, it was nice to see your senator up there reading off the names. Yes. Uh, Amy's done a great job in this uh, the election season and uh, – uh, Especially since you know the po- post election, uh, you know she's a she's a sharp attorney and uh, yeah. and, and a good Iron Ranger and uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, there used to be people like that on the other side. You know, I was oh, kind of. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no question there used to be people like that on the other side. Uh, they're all gone. They've been replaced by the crazy people. You know, I was, and kinda, it's not going to. And, and I'm telling you. If you look at what happened around the country, it's not going to get any better. Right. Because that wasn't the only uh, – I mean, there were several other state houses, correct, correct well, Charlie? they went after Tim Walsh's house. Yeah. They got into the grounds of Jay Inslee's house in Washington. Wow. Uh, I saw yesterday that Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State in Georgia, had to be escorted out of the Capitol. Oh, man. Because they went after him again. I don't think he's going to – that guy's not going to know a moment's piece. Yeah. You know, it's uh, one of the most actually. It was really knocked out by it. But when uh, 
uh, Mitch McConnell spoke uh, during the, the hearings when the uh, election results were being contested, and he spoke like a real statesman and like a gentleman, like a really smart guy. I was just going, oh, my God, when did – how long ago – was it when he completely went south? I mean, he must, he's been around long enough. He must have been a good guy for a while. No, no, never. I mean, he's, he is who he is, basically. Okay. He's never changed very much. Uh, he got, I mean, I mean, I don't know that he, he's, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know that he's, he's happy with the events of the other day, but he got what he wanted out of this guy, which is the judges. Yeah, right. I mean, he's, he's been, that's been his target for years. And he pulled it off. Of course, now he's got, He's got Merrick Garland as attorney general, right. which is actually pretty funny, actually. What? Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you. Tell us a little bit about uh, when you heard that news. I mean, it was just nice hearing that name again. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I understand that you know, you know that you know, you know, the arc of the universe bending toward justice or something. But that was a doozy. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I was actually rooting for Doug Jones, the former senator from Alabama, but right. I'm perfectly content with 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 the irony of Merrick Garland. Yeah, well, and I would have been happy with Sally Yates as well. Yeah, or Sally. I mean, the names that were popping up, I didn't have any particular objection to any of. Them. <laughs> yeah, but I did love the. And it looks like the 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 deputy assistant, uh, the deputy attorney generals, are a strong group too. So that's what I was really concerned about. Right. We've got uh, Charlie Pierce, a great uh, liberal blogger, writer, humanitarian, smart guy, on the show all night tonight on the Wallapart Radio Hour. We're so happy to have Checkpoint Charlie on, and this is their the first new show of 2021 with a lot of great stuff coming on down the road. We're going to listen to a little music and uh, have Mr. Pierce on for the whole show tonight on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. These uncertain school schedules caused by COVID will affect our kids for life. Isolation leads to stunted social skills, depression, and anxiety. On top of that, parents are telling us it's wreaking havoc on their workday. That's why School of Rock Eden Prairie is offering weekday camps for grades 4 through 12. Join us once or twice a week for a day of music programming and quiet space where your student can complete their academic schoolwork. Small groups of five students enjoy instructor-led jam sessions, learn to play instruments, learn how to play by ear, Write and record their own songs and play lighthearted games like Name That Tune, Musical Trivial Pursuit, and Rock Band Pictionary. No music experience is required to participate. Details, pricing, and our COVID precautions are at edenprairie.schoolofrock.com. Click on the Eden Prairie Weekday Camps in the red banner. That's edenprairie.schoolofrock.com. You can also find the direct link on am950radio.com. Or, if you prefer, give us a call, 952-934-ROCK. Welcome back to the second set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzer. 
One of our favorite guests on the show, Mr. Charlie Pierce, speaking from Massachusetts. We call these, uh, when we have Charlie on, Checkpoint Charlie. Now, Charlie, there was, uh, tell us a little bit about our new labor secretary, a fellow you know a little bit about, the mayor of Boston, Marty Walsh. Mayor Marty. Mayor Marty. <laughs> mayor Marty's going to be secretary of labor. Yeah, we're very proud of Mayor Marty. He's, I mean, he's a, you know, a, a, a you know, a straight labor guy. I yeah. mean, he's, you know, a, th- a throwback to the days when, you know, union people got elected to stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been a, he's been a, he's been a, he's been a solid mayor. Uh, I think he's a good, I think he's a good choice. He's a recovering alcoholic. Uh, and he's, he's a real, a real Bostonian. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a real, a real dyed in the wool, dyed in the wool Bostonian. Uh, and I think it's an interesting indication of what, Biden is doing, it looks like the primary criterion for a cabinet job with Joe Biden is whether or not Biden feels comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I think that's, you know, I think that, that was one of the things that really, uh, that really sold him on Walsh, because because Mayamati's been a Biden guy for years. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, like I said, I think, you know, the Department of Labor is going to have an entirely new new look to it now. What uh, is 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 Mr. Walsh? Is he a born and bred Bostonian? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. How old is he? He's going to be what? Fifty. Yeah, he's, he's just his, looking uh, he's at him. He's in his late fifties. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it's going to set off a you know Boston being Boston. It's going to set off a complete bloodbath to replace him. Now. Mm-hmm. Every ambitious young politician in the city is going to be running for mayor. Oh, I bet. It's going to be fun to watch, actually. What, uh, whatever happened after Joe Kennedy got his butt kicked, uh, what, what's his next move? Uh, you know, I, I, right now he's, right now it's, right now he's stalled. Uh-huh. Uh, because neither of the senators is going anywhere. Of course, also for 70, so who knows? Right. But, uh, you know, I don't think he's got. I don't think he's going to pass the guy. His path to the governorship is going to have to go through Laura Healy, the attorney general. Okay, he's enormously popular. Uh, and you know, he's got Diana Presley nipping at his heels. Mm-hmm. So, you know, were I him, I might have. I might have hung on to that congressional seat for another couple terms. Now. We might have talked about it before, Charlie Pierce, but uh, did you ever, when you were coming, you know, I was just uh, reading, you wrote the great article about the events of Wednesday. You said you were, uh, you know, it was a, you were balancing your rage with your sadness. And you said you kind of got into this racket in 1980 covering the presidential campaign. Is that historically correct? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, working at the Boston Phoenix, and they assigned me to the Republican side of the 1980 presidential campaign hmm. now over so i spent the- a lot of time with uh with the bush people and with the reagan people and um with the you know the rising of what was then called the new right right uh what sid blumenthal called the counter-establishment and i mean i saw the i won't say i saw the, the seeds of what happened on wednesday coming when I saw the seeds of a radicalized conservative Republican Party. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned something in that great article, Mr. Pierce, about uh, 
there was some you had some resonance to the Terry Schiavo uh, episode when they wanted to uh, keep that yeah. woman alive forever. I, I, I went very deep into that in the, in my last book, and I spent a couple of days at the hospice talking to the people and getting their memories of of, of that period. Tell our listeners, yeah, tell our listeners a history of a little well, history of that. Charles. Basically, it was a woman named Terry Schiavo who was in a vegetative state in a hospice in Florida. Uh, her husband, Michael Schiavo, uh, determined that it was hopeless and he wanted to end treatment. Her father and mother fought him on that. Somehow it got to the attention of America's conservative ecosystem. And within a week, the hospice was surrounded there. The elementary school down the block had to close because it was getting bomb threats. Uh, the police were, you know, the police were surrounding the place. People were trying to sneak in and steal her. Uh, the governor of Florida, then Jeb Bush, got into it, passed a law specifically refusing to allow her uh, to be taken off life support. Uh, it got overturned by the courts. The judges started getting threatened. Uh, eventually, Excuse me. Uh, actually, she was taken off life support and died in the autopsy showed she had no hope of recovery. But it became such a thing that the Republicans in the House of Representatives <laughs> were going to subpoena her to come and testify, even though she was in a vegetative state. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the woman who, <laughs> excuse me, the patient coordinator at the hospice. Great uh, woman named Danny Santa Maria, uh, Cuban em- daughter of Cuban emigres, uh, was talking about one day they had a priest come in because there's a priest that you know sort of does their their business at the hospice. They came right. in to give her last rites, and yet the, her father and mother had engaged, uh, you know, kind of crazy pro-life priests to do it. <laughs> And these two guys almost came to blows outside of Annie's office. Hmm. And she couldn't leave her office to break up the fight between two priests. Wow. Because <clears throat> she was waiting for a fax from the House of Representatives to subpoena Terry Chavo to come testify. Unbelievable. But the, the parallels that I saw this week, the, one of the ba- the real parallels was, Everybody in the House of Representatives, even the Democrats, were telling the Republicans, stop doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a terrible idea. <clears throat> you're going to, you know, you're going to regret having done this. You've touched off a mob. It's not doing you any good politically. And they followed the issue right over the cliff, just as they, as they did with Donald Trump. And this was also the beginning of threatening judges huh. uh you know john cornyn who was then a new senator virtually threatened the federal judge on the floor of the senate wow saying that if they kept handing down these decisions that people would take matters into their own hands and things which is exactly what we saw on wednesday we've got uh, the great charles pierce on the show wall of power radio are all night tonight and That's the kind of historical perspective you get from a gentleman like Mr. Pierce. 
We're going to listen to a little music, two more sets with Charlie, and stay tuned. There is power in a pine tree, power in the land, power in the hand of the worker. But it all amounts to nothing if together we don't stand. There is power in a union. Now the lessons of the past were all learned with workers' blood. The mistakes of the bosses we must pay for. From the cities and the farmlands to trenches full of mud. War has always been the bosses' way, sir. The union forever. Welcome back to the third set of the Wall and Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzner. Honored to have, for the first show of 2021, the great writer, mind, political mind, and cool cat, Charlie Pierce. Charlie, was there some, um, I was just listening, I was busy again last night, something about Connor Lamb on getting into fisticuffs or almost on the floor? Uh, it, it wasn't, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it was very late at night, and I, I stayed up to watch because I wanted to watch Pence have to hand the, hand the election to the, to the Democrats, <laughs> which he did with, you know, considerable dignity considering the circumstances and everything that had gone on earlier in the day. Sure. Uh, it has to be said. But, yeah, Connor Lamb got up, and, of course, they were challenging the Pennsylvania electors, and he's a, you know, a congressman from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Iraq veteran. Won a, won a congressional seat. Nobody expected him to win, blah, blah, blah. So he got up and said, look, I was going to defend, I was going to say and present the facts about the Pennsylvania election laws, but I'm not going to do that because, frankly, the objections that the other side is raising aren't worthy of respect. Huh. And they're based on lies. He kept using the word lie like a club right. on, on the Republicans. And uh Republican, apparently, this happened off camera because C-SPAN does not show the entire chamber. It only shows a close-up on the speaker and then this kind of general view from way up and back. So there's no video of this as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, a guy named Larry Harris started to come after Lamb physically. Really? Literally came across the aisle. And that's not what they mean when they talk about reaching across the aisle. <laughs> but he ran into uh, not only Eric Swalwell, but a guy named Colin Allred, a, a, a Democratic congressman from Texas, who used to play linebacker for the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I love that. So Larry Harris didn't get very far. <laughs> oh. but we came real close to some. We came real real close to some good old, you know, antebellum congressional fisticuffs. Right. Yeah. What's the story about Sumner getting getting beat with the oh, cane? Oh yeah, well that was that was our own that was our own senator Charles Sumner who uh, said something considered to be unflattering about the state of South Carolina, and a congressman named Preston Brooks came over to the Senate and beat him half to death at his, with a cane at his desk. Wow, it was one of the uh, precipitating events of the Civil War, uh, and when you know cane. Brooks beat him so hard that he broke the cane, and of course everybody in South Carolina sent him a new cane. Hmm. So, uh, the, a historian who you should follow on Twitter named Joanne Freeman from Yale has written a book called called Field of Blood about the violence in 
the Congress in the run-up to the Civil War. It's very, very interesting. Joanna Freeman, I'm writing that down, Charlie. Well, then, too, in your article uh, about Wednesday's activities, Esquire.com, Charlie Pierce, you uh, wrote about uh, how disheartening it was to see the one of the Duck Dynasties with the Confederate flag underneath the uh, painting of John C. Calhoun, of course, who was from South Carolina, a slaveholder. And we just named one of our beautiful lakes in Minneapolis that used to be Lake Calhoun uh, to Bidet. Makaska, uh, which is old, the uh, you know Native American name, and and I don't I have no idea how Calhoun had any truck up in in Minnesota, but well, um, I mean before he uh, and I, I before he uh, you know well I mean he was always a states' right a nullifier, a racist, and et cetera, et cetera. But he was really big on what they were then what that back in the eighteen thirties he was really big on what was then called internal improvements, which basically meant highways and roads and canals and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he probably got it named after him, you know, before, you know, the first Minnesota closed the deal with Gettysburg. Right. Interesting. Now, what does, uh, is there going to be any, a uh, couple of questions, any, uh, Actions taken against number one against the uh, the people that they can identify that stormed the Capitol, and number two, any of the people, including President Trump, that incited all the violence, including Don Jr. and uh, Giuliani and the rest well, of the knuckleheads. Uh, I think they're. I mean, they've already arrested what fifty five people. And okay, it's not like you have to be you know Sherlock Holmes to find these people. They're posting <laughs> it all over the internet. Right. You know, they're posting pictures and bragging about them and bragging about it. And the one guy's waving while he's carrying the speaker's podium out. I mean, these aren't hard people to find. Right. So I presume that they're, you know, that, that, that once the depart, once our, our friend Merrick Garland gets his feet under him, that they'll, you know, <laughs> they'll be prosecution. As to the other people, I certainly would, would, would explore, uh, in, you know, incitement to riot. I mean, I mean, that the Capitol policeman with the beaver to fire extinguisher is dead. And if you read, you know, if you read the felony murder statute carefully, it fits. If you if you inspire a crime in which somebody died during the commission of which somebody dies, you're guilty as the person who committed the murder. Right. That's what felony murder is. Mm-hmm. And you know, you could certainly, you know, you could certainly bring a case like that to trial. I would think. Right. Now there was not f- that I think anybody will. I'm just saying. So there was four. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Four people that passed away: the Capitol cop, uh, the woman. They're not quite sure. Uh, the woman who got shot, and yeah. then there's another woman who got crushed in the mob scene. Wow! And then there's another guy who I believe had a heart attack. Man, yeah, I, I saw a picture of him on the internet. Yeah, and he had his two long guns. Posted. Yeah, in front of the Christmas tree. Um, that's right. Yeah. In front of the Christmas tree. Yes, that's it's. Nothing brings and to mind. Very much like a, and looking very much like a guy who was a candidate for cardiac arrest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing brings to mind uh, the thought of Santa Claus coming but long guns in front of the Christmas tree. Oh, my goodness gracious. This country. I wonder if he got one of them for Christmas. We should find that out. <laughs> so um, what, you know, 
I, I was talking to a friend of mine. At number one, I'm so uh, kind of jazzed by how many friends of mine are as pissed off as I am. Uh, friends of mine that I didn't think were as politically inclined as I was that are just incensed and almost to the person, every friend I've chatted to, and I've chatted to a lot of them who wish them holiday wishes. And uh, sure. a friend of mine said yesterday, he said, should any of these guys that uh, uh, voted and spoke on the floor to uh, try to overthrow the election, should any of them ever get another committee, committee seat again doing anything uh, of importance? Well, I mean – the problem is you have to, you know, I mean, that, that's up to, that's up to, uh, to the, uh, Republican caucus leader, to minority leader Kevin McCarthy, and he's a, he's a bull of jello, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it, I think they're going to find themselves ostracized. I thought, I was texting back and forth actually with a, uh, with a member of Congress, uh, once he got out of lockdown, <laughs> a friend of mine, uh, the other day, and, uh, on Wednesday, and he finally got back to me on Thursday. He couldn't, you know, he was, he was tied up with everything else. Uh, and he said that there are people looking at these guys sideways now. Yeah. That, that there's a sense, certainly among the Democrats, that, you know, that they, that, that the crazy people have pushed things too far. Yeah. And that they don't seem to be under anybody's control. So I think if they're looking for co-op, I mean, you've got people calling for Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz to be expelled from the Senate. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really hard to walk that one back and, and, and you know, cooperate on a, high, a highways bill or something. <laughs> uh, I'd sign both those petitions, by the way. Oh, I would, too. I, I would sign Josh Hawley's petition in a second. Now, where did uh, – I was reading this thing where uh, Dankworth, uh, his uh, – kind of his mentor. Danforth. Yeah, tell us, about, tell us about that relationship. Yeah, John Danforth uh, uh, actually is a Methodist minister. Uh, and he was a he was a senator of the kind of old Republican school, although I mean he wasn't a Massachusetts Republican. He was a Midwest Republican. Mm -hmm. He's largely responsible for putting Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. Okay, he was Thomas's rabbi through that whole mess. Okay. Uh, and he said this week that that campaigning for Hawley was the worst political mistake he'd ever made. Hmm. I think it's right up there with putting Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court, but that's just me. Right. Uh, but uh, that's quite a profound thing for him to say because he's considered to be, the, you know, the great eminence of Missouri Republican politics. Wow. Well, I see uh, Clarence's wife, Jenny, was. Um, ah, uh, see, you did know a good man. Yeah, she was. She was tweeting the uh, the quote unquote protesters on the insurgents, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, he was. He was having a grand old time oh. watching the Capitol be taken over by crazy people. She, yeah, she's insane. Who is she being a crazy person herself? By the way. <laughs> It's it's it it just blows my mind. What um, it's this universe? This universe of insane people living inside their own ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what uh, I haven't even I've never watched it in a million years. Wow, what was Fox's news take on this whole thing? Did, uh, did they go... were they were pretty much at the time. They were pretty much wrong footed. They didn't know what to say. Right. After they got their, after they got their, you know, ideological feedback onto them, they start, you know, Hannity and Ingraham started talking about how it was really Antifa that was leading oh my God. the charge, and and you know, so that was all crazy. And then I guess today, uh, or I guess Friday morning, uh, one of their 
blonde anchor people uh, said that we have to understand how frustrated and 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 hurt the seventy four million people who voted for Donald Trump were, and that of course has lit up Twitter with a you know get over yourself woman kind of thing. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so they, eventually there are people there who have who have said harsh things about the president's performance, uh, which is I suppose a good thing, and you know. I think, you know, and, and the, the crowd, the people who have, have, who, you know, committed the acts of insurrection the other day, that group has turned on them completely. Mm-hmm. They think they're rhinos now. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know, you know, I, you know, I'm sure they'll find their way. I mean, they, 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 they have before, but. I mean, they're, they're going to have. What scares me is they're going to have to do some work to get their primary audience back. Yeah, and that uh, can't be good for the rest of us. We are going to have Mr. Charles Pearson for one more set on the Wall of Power Radio Hour, and we're going to ask him where he thinks this is all leading. Listen, to little tunes. Be right back. They believe Clarence Thomas, but I believe Anita Hill. Not all poor men are honest, not all rich men are thieves But the rich man owns the orchard, you know the poor man raised the leaves And as the world goes around, said, all I want to ask is If the rich man owns the land, why must a poor man pay the taxes? Why does justice go so slow? Slow justice slowly goes Poor means stop and rich means go Slow justice slowly goes. Why does justice go so slow? Slow justice slowly goes. Little girl means stop, little boy means go. These uncertain school schedules caused by COVID will affect our kids for life. Isolation leads to stunted social skills, depression, and anxiety. On top of that, parents are telling us it's wreaking havoc on their workday. That's why School of Rock Eden Prairie is offering weekday camps for grades 4 through 12. Join us once or twice a week for a day of music programming and quiet space where your student can complete their academic schoolwork. Small groups of five students enjoy instructor-led jam sessions, learn to play instruments, learn how to play by ear, write and record their own songs, and play lighthearted games like Name That Tune, Musical Trivial Pursuit, and Rock Band Pictionary. No music experience is required to participate. Details, pricing, and our COVID precautions are at edenprairie.schoolofrock.com. Click on the Eden Prairie weekday camps in the red banner. That's edenprairie.schoolofrock.com. You can also find the direct link on am950radio.com. Or, if you prefer, give us a call, 952-934-ROCK. Welcome back to the fourth set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. Sharing the first uh, episode of the show in 2021 with my good friend, Charlie Pierce. We call these Checkpoint Charlie. Charlie, where does Donald Trump go from here? Well, to court and then to jail, I hope. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he understands, I think, better than most people that he's, you know, he's going to be facing an unprecedented legal tsunami as soon as Biden's hand comes off the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if he, even if he tries to pardon himself, that, that itself is going to be litigated for years. Right. Uh, I mean, he's got, I mean, he's going to get sued by just about everybody. Uh, and the, the, 
you know, Letitia James in New York, the attorney general, doesn't show any signs of letting up on him. Neither does Vance, the DA in Manhattan. Uh, so I think that, I mean, I think, I think his movement will go on. I think, you know, his, his, his kind of weird cult is going to be a problem for our politics for the, for the foreseeable future. Well, he said uh, when he finally did that kind of tongue-in-cheek, I'm conceding, uh, speech a couple yeah, of yeah, like, the, It looked like Patty Hearst talking about the fascist incident. Oh, my God. Um, all he, yeah, all he needed was a beret. And, um, that was, uh, and then he said, stay tuned, something to the fact, stay tuned, we're just getting started. I go, yeah, oh, we're, Yeah, we're the best yet goodness. to come or whatever it is that... You know. Kimberly Guilford yells. Yeah, I just, uh, like, the Republicans are, the, the Republicans are in a tough place right now. Yeah, because you know the, the the people that stormed the Capitol are people they need to vote for them. Yeah, uh, and I, I I I I would not be surprised if it comes to a vote that any Republican who votes to remove him from office gets primaried in twenty twenty two. Right. Yeah, because if people aren't going away, this thing isn't going away. Right. This has been a long time, you know, boiling under the surface, and now it's here, and now all the bills are coming due. Yeah, my uh, my, you know, I'm a been in the music business for forty years because I'm a born optimist. The only way I could have survived it, but I'm an optimistic enough to think that once Trump is out of the public daily discourse, now he'll have whatever, uh, you know whatever news uh, program will have him, whatever station will have him, I just I, – I have to feel uh, that the air's got to start going out of the balloon at some point. You would, one would hope. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that maybe that'll happen in courtrooms. Yeah. You know, if the guy, if the guy is like, you know, America's defendant – it's going to be a little hard, right. you know, to, for him to keep the to, for him to keep a political movement going. But who knows? Right. Well, it would be. Uh... I mean, nothing the guy nothing the guy has done uh, has dimmed the enthusiasm of his followers for him. So, you know, I'm not willing to make any. I'm not willing to say anything categorical about. Yeah. That. Right. Right. Um. Boy, it'd just be nice to have a few days without him in my consciousness. Well, just, I've been saying this since the primary season started this year. It's going to be so nice to have a president we can ignore for a couple of days. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know? Keep it boring. I don't, have to wake up every, I don't have to wake up every morning and look at my news uh, notifications uh, to see what insanity has happened you know, during the three or four hours I slept. Unbelievable. Now, uh, Charlie Pierce, what do you think about um, – uh, Biden's uh, picks so far and how he's handling himself. Well, I think he's handling himself fine. Uh, and I think Vice uh, President Lynn Harris is doing so, too. Uh, you know, he certainly got a big boost down in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, and that, by the way, that that's that you want a, a piece of go on the Internet. You want a piece of video that says it all. There's video out there of Raphael Warnock, the reverend who just got elected senator from Georgia, getting zip-tied by the Capitol Police in 2017 for praying in the lobby of the Hart Senate office building. I saw during that. The, uh, during the fight over uh, Obamacare. I saw that on your Twitter feed this morning, Mr. Pierce. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. When you think about it, now this guy's a senator from Georgia. 
Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, and nobody gets arrested on Wednesday, uh, but you you could have got four years ago arrested for praying there. You can't get arrested yeah, for st- yeah, stealing stealing crap and carrying guns around and busted windows, but you can get arrested for praying there. Yeah, if yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, the capital, you know, the, obviously the capital police need to be, you know. A major reform effort. Yeah. That. No, it was. It's been a, you know, I, 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 you know, it was. It was such a high Tuesday night. I know. Watching the results come in from from Georgia, and within twelve hours, it, the whole world has changed. gone so far off the trolley that it may never find its way back. Yeah. I, I, Truthfully, what a difference a day makes, you know. There you go. <laughs> Four little hours. I, you know, it was crazy. So I was tuned in and I was listening to Brian Williams. Uh, it was about, I don't know, two in the afternoon when all the madness was going on. And he goes, oh, and by the way, uh, NBC announces that John Ossoff won the Senate. <laughs> How about that? You know, yeah. And then they went on to the next piece of madness. It was like, oh, my well, God. I, mean, I, felt kind of bad. I felt kind of bad for Ossoff. Yeah. <laughs> he was the news of the day, except he wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's uh, uh, thank God for that. That's that's all. Well, you're going to be the optimist. You're going to be you're going to be the optimist among us. I'm I'm, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> I have, well, somebody's got to be. And I think you're right. I think having been in the music business for forty years, you know, it and it you'd, it, you'd almost have to be. It, it tough and it toughens a guy up a little bit, you know. Plus, you know, you grew up on the Iron Range where, you know, people, you know, are, you know, are 80% sure the spring eventually will come. <laughs> we hang in there. We uh, we jump in snowbanks naked after saunas just because we can. Yeah, that's exactly right, because who's going to see you? <laughs> Charlie Pierce, uh, we got uh, 20 seconds left. Give us your, uh, give us a, a good, nice New Year's toast to the rest of America here on the Wall of Power Radio are. Well, first of all, Bob turns 80 this year, right? That's incredible. Here's to Bob, you know, to, to, for making it to 80 and helping the rest of us make it to whatever age we are. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, I'm going to steal the steal the toast, the toast that uh, Andy Jackson gave uh, right to John C. Calhoun's face, Liberty and Union, one and in inseparable. Say that one more time. Liberty and Union, one and inseparable. Yeah, right on. Charlie Pierce, thank you so much for your time. You have a great day. Hey, it's always always fun to be at the checkpoint. All right. We will be checking point with you. uh, You know, probably figure about every six weeks or so. We've got a fun year coming up. And uh, you take care of yourself, brother. Always great hearing your voice. All right, my friend. Have a good new, happy new year to everybody there.
Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brett Johnson in the basement of AM 950 in Eden Prairie, which is neither Eden nor a prairie. We hope everybody's enjoying a very happy new year. Things are going to get better, people. Remember to keep that mask on, wash your hands, and stay strong and positive. Follow me at paulmetza.com. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy. Fall.